1: The round 24 edition of Crunch Time. Jared Whateley, Tom Morris, Luke Hodge and Dermot Brereton in place as we wait for the final shakeouts, what the finals will look like at the close of play on Sunday. It has been a big news week. For Repco Authorised Service, for expert car service, you can rely on book online at repcoservice.com. So let's go through a bit. We'll start with the North Melbourne game today. Is there a degree of awkwardness? <laughs> that sits on this, or I feel for Northia, they haven't been good enough to win since round two. Why would we would be assuming they're good enough to win today? <laughs> no, with all
2: McDonald's out as well. Zeeble's obviously retired. They've rested How I think look, Clarko's natural instinct is a winner. Like He he wants to win. He's competitive. But at the same time, in the back of his mind, he's thinking so we don't play too well. Because as I said, the, the amount of talk that has been about Harley Reid. The fact that North were going to have to swap with West Coast, and then all of a sudden West Coast did the Doggies last week, which is number one pick fell into their hands. Um, He'll be coaching a team today to try and prove to them that we've got a future, we've got good quality young kids, and we're better than the Gold Coast Suns. But at the same time, everyone else in and around, will be sitting there going, if we lose, it's not the worst thing for our club. And I know a lot of the supporters are sitting there thinking the same thing. They want to see a good style of football. But at the end of the day, as much as it's painful to sit number 18, when draft day comes and you're picking out pick number one, I reckon they'll be pretty happy with that.
3: They just, even if they have a go, they can't win. <laughs> the other guys win. Suns are a superior team to them. At this point in time, their players are better. Uh, they've let a couple out of their side as well. but And they you know, brought a couple in who look like that could be. I mean, well done to Burgess, who's made a career for himself. But I can't see him pressing on beyond this year there's a couple of others in in similar sexton probably or would say that it'd be curtains for him as well but what they are at this point in time and what we've seen their capabilities do admittedly every second week there's I don't think there's any possible way that North Melbourne can beat
2: them. but this this is a season where that can happen like if you look yeah. there's no way West Coast were coming over the the bulldogs and beating them, and but that's why I reckon <laughs> the 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 the
3: microscope hasn't been placed hard and hardly enough on the doggies. I mean, if you had really looked into several weeks ago the way that Essendon just got over the West Coast Eagles, you say, "What's going on there?" It's all looking back at it now. The the jigsaw puzzle has fitted together. They they really have been awful. This. This season, it, we, everything's easier in hindsight. Looking back and reading the map of the journey, but the, they are a, a spasmodic team, the Gold Coast Suns. But their best footy is pretty good. They knocked over Brisbane three, four weeks ago. On on what could be considered, I know it's their home ground, but it's kind of neutralish half. Brisbane, comfortable, you know? There's no flight there when they go down the road. What's
2: it? They, they do hate that ground. They've got a shocking record of a trip on that. hideous <laughs> 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 <Yes>, record. <laughs> just, just, so the layers in
1: underneath it, right? So there's, there was an awkwardness around tanking when um, the Eagles didn't beat Essendon, but then they came out and won the game and conceded their place at the bottom of the ladder. North haven't won since round two. I feel like the tanking issue is confected. It's a, a really interesting talking point but it's not real. If you had the lottery, you have to run the very real... So North Melbourne are desperately in need of assistance and West Coast are just starting a long-term project, which is going to be a drag on the comp for a few years. Mm -hmm. You would have the very real prospect of Hawthorne ending up with Harley Reid and Hawthorne frankly don't need Harley Reid to rise. They would love him. And then the fourth contender would be Gold Coast. They don't need another number one draft pick. So if you are running the idea, I feel like people have it both ways with the lottery. That'll save the tanking issue, but the number one pick will still end up in the right hands. No, it won't. Mm. Is If Hawthorne drew the lottery and got Harley Reid, wow. that Two teams who are in desperate, desperate need of talent through the door, and Hawthorne have been accumulating talent, that, that, that would be much worse than one game that we're worried about the integrity of the outcome.
2: That is true.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a logical summary of the, the entire situation. I just like mm. the
2: excitement of it. Sit down there waiting <laughs> to see if your, your name gets gets drawn out. That actually is exciting to watch with, with the NBA. But you're right, as far as the tanking side of thing, it's not like the, the Melbourne days when they threw Ruckman around. Like You're not going to have Nick Paul Larky. Paul Johnson in the back pocket. Nick Larky's not going to line up as a half-back today. Mm. I'm tipping after he's kick 70-odd goals for the year. So I, I reckon as much as we talk about it and oh, North don't want to win – The Clarko mindset, we were in the same position in 2006 where we were bottom the whole year. We won the last four games, and it gave momentum. And his mindset wasn't about losing games so we can get a better draft pick. His momentum was about this is a group where we've got to start a winning culture. We've got to start a winning mentality. And by throwing a game for a draft pick, which you don't even know in five years' time if that's going to be the right pick for you, it's too much to try and set the standard for your for your players by setting the wrong one, by just to try and get a pick that you don't know the future of that player.
3: Mm.
1: What
0: does the idea around assistance for North Melbourne look like at the moment? So it's important to separate compensation from assistance. So compensation is Ben Mackay if he leaves. Band one compensation is pick two if North finish... Uh, Is is that a set
2: criteria or can the AFL tweak it like they've done (laughs) in the past?
0: Well, I've double-checked this the last 24 hours and I know there's a lot of um, ambiguity around it. I know there's a lot of doubt around it, but it is based on a formula relating to a number of things. How old the player is, their uh, projected salary over the next five or six years, how long the contract is, and also who is in the trade market that year. So if Ben Mackay is being paid $750,000 by, let's say, Essendon, then We're going to know about it because North Melbourne will tell people that they're not going to keep him because Essendon are paying that much, just like we knew what Zach Williams was getting paid at Carlton and Jeremy Cameron at Geelong. So it's a big risk for the AFL to try to fudge it if we know what he's being paid.
2: The AFL have got four different categories that you just mentioned that they can Mm -hmm. manipulate either one to get the outcome that they want.
1: And the muddying the waters is the Danaher contract, which was yes. presented and then renegotiated among a deep suspicion at other clubs that it was always the latter, but it
0: was presented at the form as the former to meet the compensation. That's right. That does muddy the waters. So that's the
2: compensation. And I'm still not flat about us getting picked 19 for Bud. I'm, <laughs> 10 I'm not, I'm 10 not flat ago. about that at <laughs> all. And uh, Melbourne get picked three for James Frawley. Yeah. Not flat at all. But surely I, I, the AFL can have, the, out of those four categories, can manipulate it to get the outcome that they want. Well, they can
0: manipulate the specialist assistance more. And yep. the special assistance is what North Melbourne haven't yet uh, formally applied for, but they will. And it's unprecedented, as far as I can tell, Jared, that a club applies for special assistance and within that asks for a specific player to be included in their next generation yeah. academy, which is Riley Sanders. So the first year North Melbourne applied for it when they finished last, didn't get anything. Last year, they got a future second and a future third round pick that they had to trade for. They did. They got Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker. This year, if they apply for it formally and the commission grants it on in grand final week on the Brandlow medal day, and it's Riley Sanders. There will be an uprising at clubs around the league because it will be seen as completely corrupt and not the right thing to do to allow a player to go to a club via special assistance. It it it's all set up for that. But I I still lean towards the fact that the commission won't allow it. It's Unfedded. just too unprecedented.
3: Unfettered. What does special assistance look like if it's not
0: if it's not a specific player? What should it look like? Well, last year it was a future second and future third round pick. Um. St Kilda got a a priority pick, which allowed them to get Nick Riewoldt and Justin Kaczynski in the same draft. So there's many different ways. And one of the risks that North Melbourne has, they don't want to ask for too much and get nothing. So if they ask for Riley Sanders and don't get him, then they get nothing. So they have to work out how hard do they push Mm. the commission and the AFL. And the commission will take guidance from the AFL, but it will make its own decision. And that will be Brownlow medal day.
1: Yeah so what what chances we sit
0: here now do you think that they get Sanders 1 and 2 I don't think so no I think they get 1 and 2 and I think the commission will balk at the Sanders request because it is too unprecedented and the view from other clubs is that it just can't happen So Riley Sanders so at that stage that that's there's zero assistance That's so right this is why
1: That's right that I, I feel like they'll end up getting something that allows them To trade, to try to get Sanders under their own steam. So they might get the pick at the end of round one. Potentially. uh, And then they have to figure out whether they can do
0: enough with what they've got to trade themselves up to six or eight.
1: Where
2: is Sanders Sanders
0: rated? He's a top 10, if not top five. Socks up, midfielder. He won the Lark medal for the best player in the under-18 competition. He's from Tasmania and he's just received his certificate of Aboriginality, which allows him to be part of the Next Generation Academy but he hasn't been in that academy because he hasn't received that certificate until just recently. So for the AFL to for the AFL to then give Sanders to North Melbourne, it would appear as if they're just doing that to appease their assistance. And a lot of clubs wouldn't be happy with that. And I don't think the, I actually don't think the commission will do it. No, but, but, and what you've just
1: said yeah. is two is compensation. Yes. One is their level of hopelessness. Yeah. Is so far, there's no assistance. So far. So, yeah. So, uh, once they've got one and two, are they entitled to assistance? That's, so I think that's a really interesting question
0: well, for them all to ponder. North Melbourne would argue that they are two completely separate things. And they are. Because they are entitled to one, and two is because they've got a centre-half back who leaves, and then assistance is a different conversation altogether. Yeah. And then what sort of assistance do they need? So that's where it's at at the moment. And we'll know they haven't applied formally in North Melbourne, but we know that this conversation is being had because it's in the media and – Um, And the AFL is aware of those conversations being had behind the scenes. You took us to the Bulldogs.
1: So their scenario is really interesting at the moment. They're playing tonight to win a place back in the eight, and then they'll be at the mercy of the Giants. So it could be the identical scenario to last year, where their fate is directly wedded to Carlton, just the opposite outcome. So does it represent progress year on year? No, no. Could they do damage in a final series? That's up to them to try to figure out. It's been an interesting week. So they circled the wagons on Monday after the worst loss of the Luke Beveridge era in a home and away game. Marcus Bontempelli, Chris Grant. So they guaranteed the coach the job to, t- to try to take the air out of that. There's clearly change coming. You didn't have to read between the lines to understand that there's significant change coming. And then Luke Beveridge spoke yesterday around, well, you can't sit around and sing Kumbaya after you have just lost <laughs> to West Coast. So his circumstance, knowing that he's coaching on, is a really interesting one as to what happens next.
3: They are so, such a fascination, and we've 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 had so, so many analogies of this team, what they're capable of. They beat up, they beat up on the jobbers, and they get taken to task by the blokes who are at the top end of the ladder. They want for nothing; everything they've wanted, they've gone out and sought and. Procured, they've got the key backman that they wanted uh, in Liam Jones, and he. They originally went out and got Alex Keith as an intercept backer, and they turned him into a lockdown backman. And they have so many aspects to them, so many layers. They've got Adam Trelaw, who fell into their laps, and they gave them midfield. Bailey Smith has become a, a brilliant player, and now he's slid backwards in his, in his uh, standings in the league. They have the best. I see the ball, I run and I jump at it. Key forward in the comp, in Aaron Norton. Does he get the ball through the goals? That's another question. Does he get off first? <laughs> um, yeah. But he runs at it and marks it like no other key forward. They have a number one draft pick who's come up and has got there so much faster than I thought he would. In Jamara, they have pace on the outside. They have a clever, crafty, small forward in Cody Waitman. They they want for nothing. Their game style around the footy when they win stoppage, which they are brilliant, the stoppage team. And then they kind of hold the ball at stoppage and just it festers for two or three seconds and allows the opposition to get back... But the one thing that really concerns me, for all those aspects of their game, they have a bloke who's going to go down as an all-time great. Bond and Pelle, his body of work so far is good enough to suggest he'll be an all-time great. There are certain lists, like we could apply the terminology to Melbourne. They're too good, that list, to be a one premiership team. Don't let you finish your days, Melbourne, and just have one premiership. Don't let Marcus Bontempelli play in one premiership seven years ago. He's too good. You need players around him while he is still the uber predator midfielder in the competition at the way he plays midfield. They've got to be able to strike while he's at his best football, and they're not. He's 28 next year. He's at
1: 215 games. So it's the don't waste the best years of Marcus Bontempelli's
2: career. could go longer, but but he's he's got another 60
3: of awesome games.
2: Is this the list that's going to get him there? You you go, Is Norton. Where's he with his contract? Has English made a decision yet? Are they going to hold on or are they going to strip him down and go, let's get some more people back in? Because Smith, we don't know if he's staying or going to Geelong or – there's a lot of questions over, is this list going to get him there? That's who, the fascination who, with them. Who, who do they part with to say, well, let's bring in some different people. They brought in Lob on a massive contract for what he can produce as a player. And he him?
3: is superfluous to their
1: needs. And he was when they were bringing him in. It was, so, a, weird, it was a weird decision. Yeah, so their so chips it. in now, I reckon this is the really interesting tension point around it. So their chips in and beverages extended for two years. So this is, I feel like this is the off season where you make all that peripheral change and it either works and you win it or it doesn't and it, you go, know, okay we're going to have, actually have to pull this apart coach down but because their chip's in now I think they will they'll make that they'll make the Hardwick changes that yep. Richmond made in 2016 and see see if they're right or not for a year do they have much cap
0: space to chase not particularly but they also have Bailey Smith and Tim English Jamara Yugel Hagen and Aaron Norton all out of contract next year, and I can't think of a club that has four established players like that out of contract
3: at the one Clarify time. Clarify that year. you mean out of contract next year, so they play 2024 for that's the right Docks and then they're out. And, and that means why they need I to make room. That's yeah.
1: why I think they are don't don't disrupt it for next year, mm. and just see if you can get the change in dynamic that you're searching for.
2: With what we've seen with Premiership sides, don't need a dominant ruckman, and English will you'll get a lot back for helps. It. Does do you? You've committed to lob now. Do you put lob as the ruck and say, Tim, thanks for your service. What can we get for you?
3: I love Rory, but he's not a beast enough to be a premiership. But, what I'm, saying,
2: but what I'm saying, they have brought him in. He's not he's not gonna outdo Norton for your key forward. Hugo Hagen's probably gonna get a spot before him. He's sort of sitting in between. But they, they need to make a call here because you go through and the list isn't gonna get a premiership. Who do they who are they gonna give up? To brings one or two or three. So, what in do you think help. they
3: need? What What do you think they need?
2: Well, first of all, they need durable backmen. Like they've had a they've had a, a shocking year with backs when getting injured. All their big key players have missed. If you the Jones with his shoulder, I think early in the year, mm-hmm. roosted his knees had injuries throughout the year. Keith had that concussion when we were down there. They were dominating that play. No, they haven't had a setback six. But as far as looking through, I'd want another exciting forward or an outside mid. They've got yeah. a lot of inside mids. I'd want someone who can break, which is a Bailey Smith, and that's what he was. But they're playing as that high-half forward. Now it's a different role for him.
0: If, if you speak to rival clubs, as I have done this week, they're after younger midfield depth and more speed through that area. They feel they're well-stocked in defence. They've got Jed Buzzling who hasn't played a game, I don't think. He was picked 12 in last year's draft, and he is a key defender. They're well-stocked up forward. They want younger midfield depth an outside run. So you are right in that instance. And that is what they've told other clubs. And that's what player managers believe as well. How they can get those players is another issue altogether.
2: But if how they move the ball, it's not really going to play into their hands as a small, because as you said before, they win the clearance, but it's not like a dominant win the clearance. And you saw what Collingwood did last night. They win the clearance and they burst forward. And that's the change they need. So
1: they clearly need differing voices in their coaching staff.
0: And that'll happen, Jared. There'll be more changes than what we've seen already. And, That'll be worked through this week if they lose, and might be a couple of weeks away if they win and make finals. But that will happen. It's, it's no, not easy. thing it hasn't
2: played. Not easy no. for a uh, for a coach to change the tactics, considering it's worked so well. It suits Bond. It suits Liver. It suits these guys.
3: But has it worked so well? It's as
2: far no, as far as a coach's mindset, this is this is. If we talk about the Bulldogs, you think a strength of their game is their stoppage work. And then what I know, I know you say they win the stoppage, but they, what I'm saying is they don't, they, they don't, use, as well not win they don't the stoppage. use it well enough. That's what I'm saying.
3: So, so, a team like Richmond, when they were in their domination period, they didn't win the stoppage, but what they did was Transition. win it at the other end, and then they would go through you like a hot knife through butter. What I'm, going, what they I'm saying is, I don't, yet,
2: this team doesn't. Is, is What I'm saying to him is he needs to release the, the mindset that he's got in around stoppage because this is the way he's coached them the whole time. And yes, it worked in 2016, but they came from seventh. They weren't a, weren't a dominant team all year. He needs to release least the, the stronghold that he's got on that stoppage area and say so what else can work what can we do with the group that we've got to help turn us into a, a more attacking offensive and the way the game's going look at how Port Adelaide move the ball look how the Lions move the ball look how Collingwood move the ball it's aggressive fast ball movement that's not what they're known for
3: we spoke to a fellow Tom Mitchell 45 minutes ago and he had to be everything to Hawthorne But because of the way he plays, he kind of slowed the ball up when the ball passed through him in general play when he received the footy. But his number one go-to action was putting his nose in to the pit and winning the ball at the stoppage. Jack McRae, he's not even – they have reduced his time in the middle because you've got Libba, who's a nose-in first. Bontempelli can be a nose-in first, but he can tear away from stoppage. So Jack McRae – would be I think his DNA is nose into the trough type player because he's on the outside, he's a chip and half charge, accumulate short possession. He keeps the ball at stoppage. He needs to be in a team where they say go in, find the ball and we want you coming off with your elbows and your knees covered in mud because you've been scratching around in the dirt for it instead of pushing forward into the half forward line and kind of winning a few possessions here and there. He's not playing to his DNA. No. And I wonder whether he's worth more to the doggies as a trade to somebody else who can get full, tote value from his attributes.
2: They're, they're just playing there to try and make up for the Dunkley. Dunkley was that high half forward who could and do well, that kind of stuff. Well, he was
3: the third one of them. At least he could take a catch in mm. the forward line under heat and under pressure. McRae doesn't do that. He's 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 the he, he doesn't win the ball in the forward line under real heat. If you if you want to be a, a capable forward who presses forward, you've got to have some form of explosiveness in one of your forward winning activities. He doesn't have that.
0: Jake McRae's contracted to the end of 2027, so that would be a significant move if they decided to do that. But Bailey Smith, as we as we said before. Is contracted to the end of next year when he becomes a free agent. And there's been Sam Edmund first put this on the agenda actually talking about Geelong and their interest in him. It was denied by the Herald Sun. Um, It's certainly there. It's just how this deal gets done because it is delicate. Bailey Smith, what, what is he worth in a trade discussion? Is he worth the play that he was in 2021 in the final series or the play that he is now? And he's had a mixed season. And as I said earlier this week, his, he can his, be that player again, but he's though. adamant that he wants to play more midfield. He's played 44% midfield this year. And mm-hmm. other clubs are aware of that. And then would, would the Bulldogs stand in the way and say, we need the same deal that we asked Essendon for Josh Dunkley for, which was two first-round picks, or would they say one first-round pick is enough? And Geelong have pick eight, but then they don't have another pick to pick 82 so would they be able to give up pick eight? Would they be willing to give up pick eight for Bailey Smith? And would that be enough? There's still a lot of water to go under this bridge. Or do the Cats say, just wait 12 months and we can get him next year when he's out of contract. Yeah, he wouldn't spend pick eight on Bailey Smith. No.
2: But that's, that's hard for him because he's clearly not playing the position. He, he's a winger. He wants a free-flowing, fast-intensity style of football, which the doggies aren't willing to play unless they do make the changes, there that you were talking about. Going to Geelong, I reckon suits his run like they mm. Scott, how Scotty changed their game style two years ago just to be free flowing run Isaac Smith loved it it would be a replacement for Isaac Smith
0: just on Chris Grant their football boss Jared, he was on with you earlier this week and what piqued my interest was his uh, mention of a mid-season review they started v- reviewing the club internally mid-season more than they have otherwise in previous years that's speaking to players that's talking to coaches and clearly the um, the result of that was that Rowan Smith was told that he wouldn't be required next year. So then at, at the end of the season, does this review amp up even further? Do they look internally and say how could how, what what went wrong and how could it be better? And the view, again, from player managers I speak to and, and, and other clubs is that there's going to be significant change, not just at the coaching level, but also in the playing group and how, and how this manifests itself is going to be intriguing. Because Luke Beveridge is going nowhere. He's there next year. So they're going to work around him. Okay. What about... Adam Simpson
1: is is the expectation that he'll coach his last game at the Eagles this weekend. That is the expectation,
0: and there's been some mixed messaging this week around Dean Cox and the Sydney Swans and his connections to that the West was Coast really Eagles. Interesting. Tim Gossage was adamant on that. He was adamant that um the Dean Cox has been told and I don't want to misquote him, or certainly um it's been suggested to him that if Simpson goes, at Cox is in the frame. But I just want to put a watch on one other person, Ashley Hanson. He is. Highly rated as an assistant in the top handful in the AFL, everyone I speak to says that he's at Carlton at the moment. He's a premiership player at the West Coast Eagles. Why is he not part of the Richmond coaching um, panel or the sorry the Richmond coaching um, process? I don't know the answer, but I wonder whether the Eagles have had a word in Ashley Hansen's ear just to tell him to wait. Because to me, that would make the perfect sense. Highly rated coach. is exactly what they want. He's a West Coast person. So I think it's just to watch Ashley Hanson. And the expectation is that Adam Simpson goes. But I can't confirm that 100% at the moment. And I don't think anyone quite has. Even Eddie Maguire, has, who, who, who rarely get, he never gets things wrong, has given himself a little out in case they change their mind. So I don't, I don't think Adam Simpson will coach next year and there'll be a big payout. Um, and I think that's probably what the club needs, a fresh start.
2: How many jobs has Ashley Hansen gone for in the past, head coaching roles? Testing me now. No, I no
0: can't. he came
1: None. out. Of, he was involved in one of the jobs that he came out of last year. Uh, it, I think it was last
0: year. Was he involved in the Giants' process. It was he involved in Essendon's process.
1: Yeah, whichever one it was,
0: he stepped out of it pretty early.
2: That's right. So does he does he have aspirations to be a head coach? Yes. Or, or we, he asked does. TV, we asked does. him on We asked him
0: on radio early in the season. And he said he does. He's very happy at Carlton, but he says he does. He's had a long career at uh, the Western Bulldogs, and now he's at Carlton. And it just intrigues me. He's not part of this Tigers' process because everyone seems to rate him so highly. And he is a West Coast person, so it all does add up. But we'll wait and see how that plays out, Jared. But I don't think Adam Simpson will be coached beyond this year, but I can't quite confirm it at this point. Hmm. Do what? you? Do you think um, Simpson will be there next no, I year? Don't,
1: I don't have a great read on West Coast. I was interested no. to read Jake Niles' stuff with two power brokers coming out yeah. in in his favour. I just don't. I'm with Hodge. I don't like any of this. No. Uh, there's, uh, and he'll
0: get the full payout because they're not well, an
1: well, AFL listed club. There you go. I well, kept my cool this week, Jerry. Well done. I'll, I'm in line with <laughs> very you. very aggressive last oh, week. Oh, was Luke? it? I
2: was just passionate. No, you were very aggressive.
1: <laughs> if we talk on Wednesday morning, they've done it on Tuesday, <laughs> as I expect that passion to be back. The news of the week for Repco Authorised Service. Penrite Oil TV. and your local Repco Authorised Service. More of Crunch Time next. We will take a look toward the games of round 24 for the TAC. Don't use your mobile phone illegally while driving TAC through this next phase of crunch time, but still deal with some of the issues at hand. What, what is the latest, Tom, with the
0: Richmond coaching process? So my understanding is it's down to five, but it's really down to three, Jared. So I don't think Xavier Clark's going to leapfrog Andrew McQualter and get the role. I'd be surprised if Daniel Gian, Syracuse, got the role but he's in the hunt and he's at Essen at the moment it's now their season's finished that allows him to focus fully on that the three are Adam Uze, <coughs> Andrew McWalter <coughs> excuse me and Chris Newman and to me the interesting thing about this coaching process is that you have four coaches who've coached their own team three have coached the VFL team Andrew is currently coaching his own team and Adam Uze. and you think well how can he be in the process if that's one of the one of the prerequisites. It's because he essentially coaches the Melbourne team on game day now. He's up in the box. He's done that since 2021. Simon Goodwin on the ground. He's the game day coach for the Demons. And Does he have the same pass, a path that Kingsley's taken? Adam Uzay came second to Adam Kingsley last year and also second to Brad Scott. And Adam Kingsley had come second to about three or four different coaches before that, so it's yeah. not too dissimilar. Similar age, Adam Uze is 45 now. I just also want to say, Melbourne Football Club has said outwardly, Alan Richardson said it, and they've also told Adam Uze, that even if he gets this Richmond job before a grand final, he'll be sticking around until the grand final. Is that normal? My memory of it is assistant coaches normally depart the club once they get a senior job
2: elsewhere. Uh, our experience at Hawthorne, they've they've left so um, the dif- on the way through. So I think Bolton, yep. yeah, they've been yep. Yep. So the different the That's di- normal. The, the yep.
0: difference here... Is that Adam Uze is more important to Melbourne than a normal assistant coach is at another club because he is that game day coach and that's the difference. I still think it's Chris Newman as the favourite. I think there's a level of
3: maturity in that in that stance as well. I think so. And the yeah.
0: the announcement might not come until after the grand final. But four of the five coaches in the hunt are now out of the race for finals at their current clubs. Uze is the only one left in. So the longer it goes, the more the more it favours Adam Uze. That's where it's at.
2: Okay. Because he was everyone thought he was getting the GWS job last year. Yeah. It was pretty much put out there that he, it's his. And he would have got the Essendon gig if
0: Brad Scott had decided to stay at the AFL. So he wasn't far away. He's been at Hawthorne, now he's at Melbourne. I still think it's Chris Newman as, as the one, just because they love him, and they told him to go away to Hawthorne in order for him to come back at some stage and coach the club. So whether it's now or in five or ten years' time, that was the message that he got. He's coached his own team at VFL level, he was a premiership coach, he was coach of the year the year before that uh, at Box Hill, and he's been under Sam Mitchell's wing ever since.
2: How how can he be in front of Uzo, who's effectively coaching Melbourne on match day, who's gone through the process three or four times, been been in a system at Hawthorne that have won premierships, Melbourne who have won premierships who are now sitting in the top four for the third or fourth time, compared to Newman, who's at Hawthorne, who haven't played final since he's been there.
0: You know there's something romantic about a Richmond captain coming back and coaching the club. But
1: that's, that's the one that's, we, that's we, get can't, past, we so. can't know that from the outside. That's the And the Giants process was the latest reminder of that. As yeah. everyone was giving the job to Uzay. Meanwhile, Kingsley was winning the job internally yeah. in, a, in a
0: head-to-head mm. race. So we can't know that. If you, if you have a club that has no history and it's starting today, Adam Adamuze is the clear front runner for that job. The difference here is that Chris Newman is so loved by players and staff at the Tigers, and they've told him to do what he's done, and now he's ready to come back. To say no would be to go against what they said in the first place. There's an Absolutely. it didn't turn out well for a while. <laughs> there's an affinity,
3: there's an affinity you have with former uh players. It's also dangerous, who've gone term, away. isn't it? Dangerous. It can be, but it can also work out well. It, it on, on occasions, it worked well. So mm. sometimes it works, but it doesn't. We view it always as it hasn't worked well if you don't win a premiership because that's what we're all aiming for. But sometimes you get some pretty good coaches out mm. of it. They just don't win premierships.
2: But, but surely it's – if they've got a connection to the club all good and well, surely it's the best person for the job at yeah. the time. If, yeah. if you're if you're going on the fact that he was a player, he was a premiership co- captain, he used to be here, he used to support our club, that's the wrong mindset to go in If you're trying to appoint – A person to run your football club. But if you split them and you say,
3: we can't decide, you take the devil you know. The
0: view from a few people I spoke to this week, a couple of people in particular who were very close to the situation, was that the heavy losses that the Tigers copped a couple of weeks ago really hurt Andrew McWalter at that point. Because until then, they were going along okay. Um, So... It probably looked as if Andrew McQualter was a lay down Mazaire to get this gig about four to six weeks ago. It's no longer that. And this process will allow each candidate to uh, deliver a presentation for 45 minutes and then receive questions for 45 minutes, and that's it initially. Whereas Essendon last year, I think Adam Uzay was put through a two, two-and-a-half-hour process, which was extremely arduous. And your man, Jordan Lewis, was part of that process as well that made them sit there for so long. He <laughs> would have
2: been bored in the two and, <laughs> and a half hours. Maybe.
0: Drinking his red wine, I think. <laughs> what will Damien Hardwick's
1: arrival do in Queensland, Hodgie?
2: Uh, I think it's, it's what they need as far as... The, we've had no successful t- professional teams come out of Gold Coast. They've all been there for a while, whether it's the limelight, whether whatever it is, but they've had no, Are you su- you no mean, success. You, you mean any code? Any code. Basketball fell through. Gold Coast Titans have been no good. Any sporting... Is that coincidence
3: or is there something about the bright lights?
2: I think it's a, I think it's a young guys in gold coast enjoy the life lifestyle. And then the older guys go there to retire. And what you do need is a strong figure who says, this is the culture I'm going to bring to this football club. This is what we need. This is what we're doing. And I think Dimmer's got the points on the ball where whatever he says, players will listen. Players will say, well, he's a three-time premiership coach. I'm going to do exactly what he says. And and that's this is where he, he realises up there it's going to be a good opportunity. They've got a really good young list, but it's bringing a little bit of respect to a football club that's had none in their 13 years or however long 12 years they've they've had in the system. So uh, if you already listen to the people, even the fact that Bud's had a connection there because Bud and Dimmer were at Hawthorne together. There's Bud's living on the Gold Coast. As he reached out to Bud to go in there just to bring a little bit more of that experience, a bit of craft that Bud has learned over the over the journey that wouldn't have happened with many other clubs Has the many, name many other coaches
3: hardwick
2: meant more media hits and and that will all come
3: notifications to the general public up there about
2: yeah because Coast a, a lot of a lot of people that have moved up there they they've obviously got a connection with richmond big football club with him because he's had success if you've got a coach that goes there that hasn't had much success it's like oh, it's another person But he will bring a lot more I guess, media eyeballs. The amount that's been up in the pa- up in the papers up in Queensland, we, we never really hear much of Gold Coast in Brisbane. A, a lot, it's been a lot about Dimmer, about how he's going to change this, the success mm. he had. And then the fact is, is Dusty going to come? There's Bud there as well. It's just brought a lot more voice about Gold Coast to, to people in Brisbane. Mm.
1: Do you Queensland. think they could play finals under him first up?
2: Uh no, I think they'll, he'll have to, especially with his system, the game style that he brings in was that high energy, high intensity work rate. That's not the football that they're playing at the moment. And you can't just flick a switch because he's a good coach. It needs 12 months, it needs 18 months, it needs two years before they understand how he wants and For him to also mould and bring in certain pieces of the puzzle to help his game style. So I don't think they're going to jump straight up next year. They might, might be pushing on the verge, but I don't think they'll just jump straight in there. Give him, give him two years to, to two and a half years for him to get his system down pat with, the, with their players.
1: Our round 24 preview is for the TAC, where a seatbelt or face a $385 fine and three demerit points a message from the TAC. Was, was Simon Goodwin's concession on the Gorn-Grundy situation, as well as being self-evident, was it significant?
3: I thought it was very significant. I thought it was one of the lesser thought-out comments that I've heard for some months. He's actually assigned uh, Clary now To a good tagger, if you have one, it showed that he didn't like it and Clayton Oliver didn't like it Um, and you can sit on him well enough. The rider on it is, second game back from a longish term injury, is he still building? But as soon as the tag was released, he got plenty of the ball. Got seven possessions in quick time and kicked a goal after the tag was released. He had seven before it in two and a half to three quarters. So it showed that he was immediately able to flick the switch playing his own game at his behest and be really, really good. The the tenacity with which Goodwin, the words suggested, he severely disliked it. So I think he's assigned him to a tag
1: each week <laughs> now. of Oliver's life's about to get more difficult. Do you think the Grundy-Gorn concession ensures
0: Grundy's elsewhere next year? I do. The language changed this week with Simon Goodwin and the, because it would have looked ridiculous had the language not changed. Everyone can see what's happening, and the club held firm for a long time. Brody Grundy played in the Ruck last week in the VFL. He would played forward before that. Um, There's conversations going on now behind the scenes between Grundy's management and other clubs that are informal but nevertheless happening. Port Adelaide, Sydney, Geelong. My question to to you is, why would Melbourne send Brody Grundy to another contender? If he wants to go and be the number one ruck, why would they not say, hey, North Melbourne, would you like a ruckman? Or West Coast, you've lost Nick Natanui, would you like a ruckman? Why would they make Port or Sydney or Geelong stronger?
2: It also comes down to him as well. They've taken him on board, so he'll have to agree to wherever he wants to go. I, I, I can understand why Melbourne did it. I reckon what Melbourne did was... Okay, they went out there, they tried to make the best list. It hasn't worked, and they've realised before finals that this is not going to work. Uh, I I still think that they, because of how they brought him in, they'll pass him to who, as long as the deals are even, who he wants to go to. Pick
0: 27 is what they gave up for him. I wonder if they can get a pick in the late 20s back. Has Grundy's standing diminished in the last year or neutralised? With with, with his
2: contract, is Collingwood still paying... Parts of his, how much of his contract is he still paying about,
0: yeah, about $250,000.
2: So if they pass on to the next one is it Melbourne's responsibility for majority of that or it's going to go between the 3 clubs? They have to
0: renegotiate, but could I checked be. I checked with the AFL about a month ago and there is nothing in the rules to say that three or more clubs can't pay <laughs> Has for that one player's happened? contract. No, it's never happened. <laughs> never happened. No. But it could happen it could happen um it could happen if Adam Trelaw left. Yep. You know, so it's very much on the cards the more player movement um, amplifies every year.
3: You, to answer your question, you said, well, why wouldn't they mm. send him to a uh, a team that is not in contention? So what you do, if, if Grundy's got to look at it, the three main aspects that make you move team is opportunity, payment, and lifestyle. I think his lifestyle is going to be all right <laughs> given the payment <laughs> he'll yep. be on. Also and, premiership. You'd throw yeah, premiership in that. Uh, opp- yeah. <laughs> opportunity as well. Well, yeah, we probably—he's always been at a team which is playing in front of mega crowds or Melbourne this year, capable of getting to the pointy end. So that's probably the rider on it. Why he wouldn't want to go to a West Coast Eagles so quickly, or, or, or a team that was down the lower end like that? If you just throw up a curveball at him. Why wouldn't Carlton make a play for him?
0: Well, they've just re-signed Tom De Koenig and Mark Pitnett, I think, is on a four-year deal. So to then get Brodie Grundy in is like Melbourne 2.0, isn't it?
3: Yes. No. Okay. I'm yeah. hearing that. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I'd say about that, Pitnett, even on a four-year deal, is not costing you an arm and leg. Well, they've dropped him this week. So yeah. Tom De playing. Yeah. Um playing. what Kooning's the- a long-termer who I don't think you want to punish his body. until, Until he's 27 years of age, I don't think you want to have him in the ruck. Lock, stock and barrel getting punished. He's got to be floating in and out on occasion and at either end of the ground. Is there
0: a moral obligation to look after Brodie Grundy for Melbourne?
1: Yep. Yep. This should end um, really civilly. They yep. should clearly get a second round pick for him if any of those other clubs are serious. And he can walk into a great job in footy and
0: they can all just acknowledge that it was an experiment that didn't quite work. And that second round pick could be crucial because that could allow them to use picks or uh, sorry, the pick that they have from Fremantle and their first pick to move up and get Gold Coast pick four, which they want. So the, gro- the Brody Grundy pick could be really significant in the trade period as well.
2: Where, like, where are Port Adelaide? Because if I was Grundy, I'm looking at Port Adelaide going. That's that's my spot with, with, with their well. midfield. That's that's where I'm going. I think he'll
0: end up at Port Adelaide. Ken Hinckley wants him and, um, and he's new? from Adelaide.
3: No. spoken He's a philosophical guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah? He's, he, I don't think he minds where he lands and lives. I think he'll philosophically deal with that okay. I think it's the opportunity, perhaps a, a bit of su- the success, and the dollars stay the same.
1: All right, just rapid fire here. I just want to know who you're tipping in these games for Tire Right with over 25 tire brands, steer, drive, trailer, and more. Tire Right, no tracking worries. TireRight.com.au. Brisbane, secured. do you give it St. Kilda any chance?
2: S- give them- S- small chance. Small. No, I
3: give them a bit better chance than small. No king. Brisbane
2: should win. No king.
3: Will the Bulldogs definitely beat Geelong?
2: Yes.
1: Yes. And will Gold Coast beat North Melbourne? <laughs> for North
2: <laughs> Melbourne's sake, I hope so. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: 21 at a row Melbourne With lose. a leg
2: in the air. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> tire Right tips brought to you by Tire Right. For best roadside tyre emergency call, one 800